last time on Dice Funk. Sunbeam blasts this dude into oblivion. As Galen's head, head, head is suspended in the air since it's still penetrated on Veltari's sword. Uh, how do I get inside there, Ganny? You need the power of guilt. The stalker body slams you from the ceiling with several gallons of water, and it knocks you down, but you roll out before it can slither down your throat, and you see it take the form of a young Aladrin boy and start walking towards you. Who are you? Where, where is this? The name's Ogma. This is where the magic happens. <laughs> what, what, what can we do to, like, stop this from happening? What, what can we do to stop death? You can't stop death. Death is inevitable. So he's gonna open the book? You know now where all the pieces to Warden Light's mirror are. Carcerai. It is the perfect prison. Prison? You mean you want me to put Dora in that prison? You would take a spear to the gut for me? I had backup plans, so I don't know if I would have actually have taken the entire brunt of the blow, rather than deflected it and saved both of us. But yes, I was willing to put myself in mortal danger for you. I'm gonna put that little orb inside that, that stream of energy. And Theodora sucked in, Roland Hawklight sucked in, Mara Sladen sucked in, Veltari sucked in, and Stellarosa Legrand is sucked in. In the library, Zoe, you are sucked in, uh, Agma sucked in, the library collapses, and you guys all are transported to Carcerai, an entire plane that is one big prison. <laughs> I'm always a fan of these upbeat and happy endgame moments. You know, the stakes are low, the the <laughs> eggs just lower, you know, all those things. What about the eggs? The, the <laughs> angst, not the eggs. I, I just woke up like 10 minutes ago. I could really go for some eggs. Oh, me too. I'm so hungry. <laughs> okay. Everybody has a lot going on this week. So last we left this adventure, let's just jump right in because this is probably the finale. <gasps> uh, the party, uh, Stellarosa Legrand, Mara Sladen, Veltari, Roland Hawklight, as well as the crew in the library, Zoe Legrand, and Ogma, God of Knowledge, as well as Theodora, Avatar of Gonador, Sip. were all sucked into a portal to Carcerai, the neutral evil plane, which is the prison plane it, that's not just like me doing a metaphor it is literally in DD lore one giant prison its most notable features are that teleportation magic does not work inside of it mm -hmm. and that its structure is of kind of russian stacking dolls so everything in its building is within another one of itself essentially so prisons inside of prisons cells inside of cells which you guys find out immediately because all of you are transported there and you land on the bottom of a prison cell, naturally. Mm. So let me describe your surroundings a bit. All seven characters that we name dropped at the beginning are here. You guys are all in one big cell. Um, iron bars all around you on all four walls, as well as the floor and ceiling. I think you guys have probably seen some like shark videos where they go down in those big cages and they have bars on all sides of them. Mm -hmm. Think of that cell bars all around and you look through the bars and you see in every direction on all the floor the ceiling and the walls all lead into other cells which are very much the same which lead into other cells which lead into other cells ad infinitum 
as far as you can tell, of course, Carceri is a full plane with many different habitats, continents, cultures, and civilizations, just like the prime material in the Feywild. But where you ended up is clearly inside of a prison, which is probably inside of a prison, which is probably inside of a prison. You guys know how things go this season. <laughs> but all seven characters are transported here and land on the floor. For my purposes, because I only have one character in the scene, uh, the god of knowledge, Ogma, is not breathing very well. Clearly on death's door, uh, harsh, ragged gasps as he bleeds freely from the eyes and mouth. He seems to be on his way out on the floor. Everyone else is dazed. Only Zoe actually knows where she is, but everyone else figures it out pretty quickly. It's not a subtle plane. And the last thing I'll note is that in the other cells around you, you guys see the, p the petitioners of Carceri? We have seen petitioners on other planes. On, on Hell, they were kind of like burned zombies. And in season two, we saw the Beastlands, and they were just different animals. Here, they are all prisoners, of course, uh, specifically ones whose hands are tied by different materials. Some of them are bound by ropes, some by chains, some by handcuffs, some just by lengths of intestine. Uh, it's It can get pretty dark here. And these all these prisoners, most of which have like bags over their heads, obscuring their identities. They don't have great sense of self to begin with, but they're all these kind of ragged, emaciated prisoners. And when you guys all slam into the floor, coming out of the other side of the portal, uh, a lot of the prisoners in the cells all around you notice, and it looks like you might have some sort of prison riot on your hands in the near future. Nice. So I I, I know how this goes. Uh, prison... I acknowledge my guilt. <laughs> we, we good? You are, you are not good. Nothing happens. Hmm. Hmm. Now, Roland can see uh, Agma, right? You see a red-haired man dying on the floor. Yeah. Would it be possible for you to know that it's Agma, out of curiosity? Yeah, probably. You have a pretty high religion check. I'll give you advantage, too, because mm -hmm. he has symbols and stuff on him. So unless... They're all covered by blood. Right. Up uh, 27 and 21, so 27. <laughs> yeah, not only do you know he is Agma, you know a lot more about your surroundings. You understand where you are. Basically everything I said and a little bit of additional things, which are that uh, he is dying. You know that gods do bleed. They have uh, ichor, which is <laughs> the the technical term for God's blood in like Greek mythology. Uh, they can appear in many different forms. It just so happens to be blood like you would understand it. But also all of your holy symbols are bleeding. Uh, Mara and Roland and Th Theodora. You can pretty clearly put together that that's all related. And also you know some additional things about Karsarai because you have a 27 on your religion. Mm -hmm. Which is that there are only two ways out. They're the same two ways out that apply to all prisons, which are someone with the authority to let you out has to choose to do so, or you die, and then they carry you out. Or three, prison break. <laughs> this is an entire plane of reality based around <laughs> that not happening. Yeah, but, like, does this plane of reality have, like, a sewer system I can, like, sneak my way into and then crawl out of? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, so every plane, every plane in D&D &D kind, of kind of has a gimmick. 
So like hell is like the whole hierarchy thing where you kill the person above you and you get their spot. And the Fey Wild has its like wild time stuff that's at the whim of the Fey. Uh, Carcerized whole thing is like you just can't escape. <laughs> that's that's its gimmick. <laughs> okay, so, that, that's a pretty strong gimmick for a prison. I don't know why more prisons don't pick up on that gimmick. <laughs> can, can I roll to try and figure out? We'll see if I know who the proper authorities to let me out are. <laughs> so Roland did a twenty-seven. So I'm just gonna say this out of character as well. There isn't like a king of Carceri. There isn't like one person that you just like apply for. Damn it. That would be easy, obviously. What that generally means is a god has to do it because they're the highest authority in the multiverse but even then it can't be any gods on the plane because teleportation magic does not work on this plane after understanding what where we are and seeing zoe and seeing agma roland uh if, if it's possible tries to run over to check on the both of them to make sure they are okay yeah, so you guys uh, slowly start getting to your feet, looking around, figuring out what's going on. Roland, do you want to make a medicine check? 15. You look at Ogma, and you can't discern any medical reason why he is dying, so he doesn't have any symptoms of a disease. Uh, you know, of course, that death has arrived, and that seems to just... That has brought mortality to the multiverse, and now everything is just... There is no more immortality mm. in D&D world anymore. As far as Dice Funk as a show is concerned, no one is immortal anymore. Agma, I don't think I can do much to stop what is happening to you, but is there anything I can do to ease the suffering? That's awful kind of you. It's a shame. I didn't mean for you and your friends to get caught up in all this, but I just couldn't let her get away with the puzzle, go back to her master. The cost was too high. Don't worry about me. If you can, take care of you and your friends. Don't worry about us. We're going to be good. You got number one breakout of mirror prism person in the world here. So I, I, we're going to be fine, I, I, I reckon. As you say that, you see that the petitioners around you guys are getting pretty rowdy. You think you probably have a little bit more conversation before you have to start worrying about them coming in and kind of a, a zombie apocalypse kind of uh, scenario. So I've seen Oz. Maybe about a season's worth. <laughs> so I know in this situation, what I should do is get myself a tiny little hat that sits on the back of my head <laughs> and somehow rests there despite having no physic reason why it should. And uh, that should make me threatening enough to not be bothered by prisoners, I believe. Some classic Oz goofs. <laughs> really timely mm -hmm. for HBO's Oz. That sweet Adebisi reference. Nice. 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 Theodora, what are you doing? You are clearly the, the villain here. Oh, yeah. Okay, so how tall is this th cell? Mm, that's a very interesting question for someone who can fly. Yes. <laughs> uh, the cell is high enough that you could fly up out of sword range. I'll say that. You can fly up higher. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> you can definitely get out of the range of anyone who wants to hit, hurt you hand to hand. And so you're going to do that? Uh, yeah, the plan is to fly out of sword range, and then I'm going to try and get a hold of Gianni. So teleportation magic doesn't work here, but this isn't like Ilium where nothing can get out. You can, in fact, send messages. So you're going to burn a spell slot on sending? Huh. 
So you warlocks have very limited spell slots, and you might about to have to fight a bunch of people. So it's a it's a yeah, it's a that's risk. true. But I also have a lot of things that don't cost spell slots that do a lot of damage. So everybody else, Theodora suddenly just flew off of the ground. She her eyes are pure black, and she's w- wielding the dragon bone staff, which you guys know is nothing to fuck with. Oh, oh, I I I have an idea here. I have I have an idea. Uh, Dora, hey up there. What? What do you want? <laughs> got a, I got a thing to chase you up on quickly. Uh, remember when you got that staff in the first place, huh? I know where this is going, and the answer is no. <laughs> where, where do you think this is going? You're gonna ask me for it. Yeah, we agreed to have shared equal custody of that staff, and you have not let me have it for a single day. I reckon it's my turn to have that staff This right is not now. the time to ask. It's too late. I think this is exactly the time to ask. I think that you ran off with that staff and never let me have a turn with it. Give me the staff. Suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm, uh. And I'm gonna flip her off. <laughs> Agma says to Valtari, I, I would have just killed her, but then that would have given Gonador free reign to kill all of my followers on Earth. So I thought this was a fair compromise. I'm sorry. It was a way to contain Gonador and prevent him from doing any more damage. I'll say this, Theodora. I thought you were cool once. Do you look at me? I'm very cool. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. You're you're a big old nerd that's not sharing your your staff when you agree to. That's not very cool in my book. Yeah, but you know what's cool? Having the staff. It's gonna be cool, isn't it, when I have that staff? Veltar, we gotta figure out a plan real quick because this is going to get really bad really fast. Okay, I think I am gonna burn a spell slot on sending. Alright, what do you say to Gonador? Is there any way, you know, for me to get out of here? Gondor responds. The price of freedom is death. Great. Helpful. Kill them. Got you, boss. I say that part out loud. And petitioners start pouring into the cell. Since it's, I guess, waves and waves of these petitioners coming, uh, it would be very beneficial to have somebody who can create lots of attacks at once uh so stella rosa can volunteer for that since she can cast high levels of magic missile and uh, basically use them to try to beat back uh some of the waves of uh petitioners and mara's just gonna go set everything on fire <laughs> okay so stella rosa legrand and mara sladen are gonna fight the petitioners off screen we don't need to roll that they have one health and 10 ac apiece they go down like butter Oh, okay. They Yeah, they go down easy. There's just a lot of them. And so we don't need to roll for that. That'll be happening around this cool final battle. Uh, Theodora versus Roland Hawklight, Veltari, and Zoe Legrand. Let's roll initiative. Also, like, I love you all. I'm sorry. Oh, no, this is this is great. Suck eggs, loser. <laughs> 13. 21. The order is Veltari, Theodora, Zoe, Roland. Uh, I'm I'm not in this fight, so this is the last time you're going to hear my voice for a while. <laughs> so starting off, I'm going to cast Hypnotic Pattern, which is a wisdom save from you, Dora. 27, I crit. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, you crit. You are not hypnotized by my pattern, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Um... Yeah, the big pattern appears in the sky, and it doesn't affect the petitioners either, because they all have bags over their heads, so they don't see it. No, no. That's 
dark, but sure. Um, I, I, I just established that just as a flavor thing. It didn't occur to me, but no, that 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 works well. Um, so I guess uh, after that, I'm gonna do bardic inspiration. So I'm gonna give. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna strum my guitar, bardic inspiration, to give a d10 to Roland, and that's my turn. Oh, it's my turn. Sorry, I'm just really excited to. to I, I just really excited to use a spell I haven't gotten to use yet. Oh, uh, this is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cast Circle of Death. That doesn't sound good. Uh, it's uh, a constitution saving throw. It's a 60-foot radius sphere, which I believe you are all inside. Yeah, okay. So I want to add a little something to this, because Theodora raises her dragon bone staff, she's flying up in the air, and she's going to unleash an aura of killing death magic on the whole cell. However... At this point, Ogma, dying on the floor, summons up his last, the last of his energy, and he's going to grant everybody advantage on this constitution saving throw. 28. Okay, so 20, and then... Okay, so 20 for me. And Roland has a 15, so what does it do? Uh, 26. Okay, so everyone takes 13 damage except for Roland, who takes 26. Yeah, so that would have taken a chunk out of everyone and uh, almost killed Zoe in one shot. But uh, thanks to Ogma, the damage is somewhat mitigated. But as this aura of killing death magic explodes inside of the cell, uh, he kind of struggles to his feet. He extends his hands out. He's buffing you all with his godly magic. And as the aura washes over him, uh, he disintegrates in front of all of you. You bastard, Dory. You killed whoever that person over there was that I never really asked who they were. Theodora has killed the god of knowledge. Nice. That, that's pretty cool. All right, Zoe, it's your turn. Your friends just got blasted and you just saw the god of knowledge die. How are you feeling? Uh, Pretty conflicted. This is not the way that she was expecting this to go. She went into uh, Karsarai expecting to uh, potentially be the only one in there alongside Dora, but instead... Uh, everyone else is there, and the God of Knowledge is dead, so... Yeah, from your perspective, you have no idea why they're there. <laughs> yeah. She was like, I really thought this was, like, a, a big sacrifice thing I was making, then everyone showed up. I don't know what's going on now. Well, we couldn't let you go into a prison by yourself. That's, you know, you gotta have me and Roland here. It's a prison. It's what we do. That is true. I did also see the escape plan, and Sylvester Stallone, despite being a scientist, would not have been able to escape without Arnold Schwarzenegger's help, so... You know, we all need our, uh, whatever Arnold Schwarzenegger's character's name was to our Ray Breslin. I have never seen a Prison Break movie where someone escaped without any help whatsoever, so. <laughs> One thing to note in the background, while Mara and Stella Rosa are fighting the petitioners, there is a weird Rita Hayworth poster just kind of hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, alright, so, I, I want to try flying up... Because I have wings. I'm a Yanma, as we, we recall. <laughs> yep, you do have cute little wings. I want to try to fly up toward Dora's. I don't know if this will work or not. Actually, no. Well, first thing I want to do is Zoe's going to walk over to Roland, and she is going to cast Haste on him. Haste is super devastating. It's mostly been used for jokes this season, but... 
Uh, haste is objectively one of the best concentration spells in the entire game, so... Are we basically doing the thing where just, like, all of us are pumping up Roland because we're like, Roland, you can kill stuff. Go! <laughs> <laughs> Roland, you do lots of damage. All right, so you cast Haste on Roland, Zoe, and is that a three for the wild magic there, I see? That is a three for wild magic. All right. Uh, so you get... Uh, <laughs> uh, it just says, no inside voice. <laughs> I thought we had that one already. Yeah. No, that was that was no inside thoughts. This just means I have to shout everything. Oh my god, you have to scream all the time. Yeah, no, that's great. It's in the middle of the night. Luckily for you, I'm naturally loud, dickhead! It's really fitting for a nice final battle that you just have to scream. Uh, I mean, let's be honest here. Like, what's more shonen than not using an inside voice for every line of dialogue during a pivotal fight, you know? I didn't want to be like this, Dora! <laughs> <laughs> uh, then I'm going to fly away, and I'm going to use my sorcerer points to cast a, a quickened spell. And I'm going to cast a quickened spell of magic missile as a third level spell slot. So this will be another wild magic roll of a crit fail one. So hopefully good things happen. Oh, geez. Oh, God. What did I write on here? <laughs> so I don't know how much this is going to matter. So a one is you lose a proficiency. I can no longer play the drums. <gasps> no. <laughs> it's up to you. What do you, what do you think's most interesting? I mean, I don't really have that many other proficiencies that are I feel like this is a this is a real consequence because it means the, you know, the epilogue scene in which we escape and we start a band together is sacrificed and that's a big thing to to trade away. Or this is a further continuation of my Phil Collins as Saga after he hurt his hands from playing the drums for so long. You know, she has to have her period of recovery and then maybe one day down the line she gains. Yeah, I'm losing the drum thing because I want to be Phil Collins. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that's what? Uh, 5d4 plus 3 damage, right? No, no, 5d4 plus 5 damage, right. What was the spell? I forgot. Magic Missile. So 15 damage. Oh no. <laughs> Saucy. <laughs> I take it from the 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 laughter that you have a lot of exp uh, you have a lot of HP these days. I might. Again, fun surprise. Fun surprise, huh? I think it's Roland's turn. Uh, bonus action to invoke the Griffin so I can fly. Yep. Um, since I'm hasted, I move what sixty feet. You can get up to melee range with Dora, and here's an interesting thing that happens when you do, because mm -hmm. huge uh, ethereal griffin wings sprout from your back, and you go to take off, and you feel something wet on your back as mm -hmm. uh, a hanger-on to this party, someone else who was sucked into the portal that you guys didn't see. The stalker! Yeah, someone who was <gasps> literally chasing Dora when she put, put the orb into the stream, and who has been hiding in the background waiting for his moment to strike. Oh, I got a shoulder buddy now, that's great. <laughs> is going to ride with you up to kill Dora. Now, um, just to double check, I believe to invoke the channel divinity option is an action. Um, so that would be normally a problem, except I do get a bonus action to uh, to do stuff with it, so... That should be some fun stuff. So I'm going to use my bonus action to make a single attack roll against uh, Dora here. You get advantage on everything you do until the stalker is dead because he's going to help you. Yeah, um, I, I'm using my main action to invoke uh, Channel Divinity to make my weapon a sacred weapon. Even as the gods fade and die out, I will use this last bit of light to stop you in your tracks, Dora. And then... He will make his attack um, with advantage. 
22. Oh, 22 hits. Um, I'm going to invoke a third level spell slot to do Divine Smite as well. 41 damage. You fly up to Dora on your ethereal griffin wings. Your sword glows with magic. The stalker like leaps off your shoulder and just starts air wrestling Theodora and you run up and you slash her good. Ow! <laughs> Acting. <laughs> Acting. All right. I think that's Veltari's turn. I am going to take a shot at it and I'm going to try casting Hypnotic Pattern again. Okay. Go on, wisdom save. <laughs> One botch, 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 botch. Nineteen. You just scrape through. Okay. Well, that's my turn. I gave Zoe the one, the one d ten, and I'm just gonna pass the turn on. All right. It's Theodora's turn, and Theodora, you're still hearing Gonador saying, "The price of freedom is death. The price of freedom is death." Which is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. I can't not hear that without immediately going to the KOTOR 2 scene where Kraya and her crew just sit there talking around you screaming apathy is death over and over again. <laughs> I'm getting some real flashbacks, man. Okay. So I am, because Roland is up in my grill, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to focus on him for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to cast Blight. Will you make me a constitution saving throw? Uh, 18? Nope. Is that high enough? Nope, it is not. Oh, then we'll run, we'll, I'm going to use the Bardic Inspiration, add a d10 to it, make it a 20. So, Theodora, you try to use Blight on Roland, the spell that helped you kill Iris, the nurse, and he saves? Yeah, that's, uh, so he takes 20 damage. Jesus. And then it's Zoe's turn? I was, I'm done. I did my murder. I tried to do my murder in. All right. In the background, your other character is murdering the hell out of unnamed dudes. Yeah, she's like screaming and setting everything on fire. Nice. So if I recall, for Jolene to escape Stone Ocean, she definitely <laughs> had to rely on the help of all of her friends, uh, although Weather Report did go insane and turned people into snails through subliminal messages, so uh, I want to try to avoid getting into that kind of mess. Yeah, and that worked out well for Jolene in the end, didn't it? <laughs> hey, it, fuck, it essentially was season two at that point. Oh god, season two really was Stone Ocean. <laughs> uh, Alright, so... All right, what I want to do is I want to try to fly up closer towards Dora. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if it requires an action to do so, but I want to have Fat Boy Slim uh, go and basically try to rust away her spellcasting implement. I know that she uses the staff for it, but I know she also had like a ring of Gonador or something like that. She has a brooch. Yeah. So we can do this if you want. I just want you to know there's literally no mechanical effect to it because she'll just. Yes. Okay. So you're literally just doing this to diss her. No, I'm doing it on the off chance that if we can get the staff away from her, she won't be having, she won't have the spellcasting implement. Okay. So you're taking away the brooch and then you're going to try taking away the staff. I see. It's just this or it would be I'm casting Magic Missile again. I figure this is a bit more entertaining of a move to do. All right. So, Theodora, you need to make a, make a dexterity save against Zoe's spell save DC. Okay. You got to get out of the way. The rust monster is going to try to eat your brooch. 17. So she passes? She passes, yeah. It's my 17. is my spell save DC. All right. So Fatboy Slim tries to eat your jewelry and you dodge. That was an action. Do you have anything else you want to do bonus action wise? Uh, I will use my bardic inspiration and I will give that as well to Roland since Zoe is a bard too. I forgot about that. And it's Roland's turn again. Everyone's buffing you, son. Um, for my regular action, Roland's going to 
uh, rest a hand on his chest and cast a third level uh, cure wounds on himself. 21. That's pretty good return on investment there. You need those D&D ROIs. Uh, <laughs> uh, after that, Roland's just going to glare down, glare at, at Dora and make his extra attack against Dora, uh, which will be with advantage again. So that's going to be 23 is the attack roll. 23 hits. Uh, is going to invoke a first level spell slot to do Divine Smite, um, which will add an extra 2d8 damage to the... To the party here, so that's 2d12 plus 2d8 plus 3, 25 damage. Okay. That's not nothing. <laughs> Alright, I think that sounds like Veltari's turn. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna make one more attempt to hit a hypnotic pattern on Dora, and we're gonna see if this works. Come at me, bro. Come at me and my my glowy weird balls. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> you know what she said <laughs> it's a cube isn't it it's not a sphere mm. Lauren it's you yeah wisdom save oh that's right I got distracted by the glowy balls <laughs> Jesus 19 if, if Lauren if Lauren admits she's distracted by the glowy balls can that mean canonically <laughs> that Dora has to, has to take the hit it looks like she saves. Oh, uh, yeah, you saved. You probably were going to. It's fine. I am my turn. <laughs> so it's Theodora's turn. I'm really tired of y'all fucking buffing rolling, so maybe I'll try to take you guys out first. Oh, no, no. You can just, you can just, you just fucking some rolling. <laughs> Keep in mind that the stalker is like currently on your body and like keeps trying to wrestle you in midair. Well, he doesn't take damage, right? He's attacked you repeatedly throughout the campaign and you keep not really fully investigating that. I think at this point it's actually an open question what you can do about him. Can I roll an investigation to find out what I can do about him? You can roll Arcana. Okay. As designed, that the stalker was your side quest. It was your loyalty mission for the season and you spent every downtime scene getting laid. So Does that sound unlike me? That's exactly like you. It's my fault for not pandering to my players. I rolled a 13 on Arcana. So you know, because what Iris told you that this is the soul of an Eladrian boy you killed that's bound to this water, and you know that she said he's going to stalk you to the ends of the earth, so you assume there's some kind of spell on him that makes him come after you eternally, and you assume that it would be difficult to kill him permanently, but you could probably blast him apart, and then he'd have to reform and he'd be out of your hair for a while. But I really wanted to hurt somebody! (laughs) Go on, just attack Roland. Let, uh, ignore that that silly little water boy. No, I'll uh, I'll Eldritch Blast the stalker and get the fuck out of my face. All right, so you make three attack rolls. Those are three uh, D10s. Oh, those are damage rolls. I'm so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> One of those is a crit. Yeah, I mean, it's just a young boy. He doesn't have very much HP. Uh, so, I mean, roll damage, but I have a feeling about the way this is going to go. 7, 12, 10. So the the stalker is all over your body, just like trying to grapple you in midair, basically. And you just turn the dragon bone staff into his face, point blank, and blow him away like a revolver headshot. You just blow the stalker into mist and it rains down onto the cell below. You do see like the droplets start coming together again. It's going to reform and come after you, but it's going to take a while. You nuked this dude. Nice. And he is he is done for this fight, probably. Um, I don't think there's anything really useful I can do as a bonus action because I can't do any like my cantrips or anything, right? 
No, you can't really use the cantrip as a bonus action unless it's specifically one. Exactly. So I'll just keep flying around, trying to get away from rolling. Uh, I still have those those levels in Warlock, despite the fact I haven't really used them in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have them, so I still have the powers that go along with it. And I don't know if this still works because the gods are dying, but I want to try to use the power that they gave me to cast uh, Eldritch Blast at Dora. Yep, still works. So 14, 21, and 15. 21 hits. All right, so it'll be 10 force damage. Oh, no. (laughs) Dora says that in character. Oh, Oh, okay. That's how we're going to do this. All right. (laughs) Okay, I think it's Roland's turn again. Uh, Hold on a second. Uh, I'm going to... I want to decide if this is worth it or not. How hurt are you, Rowan? How hard? How hurt? Oh, how hurt are you? <laughs> how right? hard are you, Rowan? Rowan has seventy-six hit points out of one hundred nine, so any healing that he can get would be appreciated. But you've already used up your bonus action to give Bardic Inspiration, though. Christ! <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you just asked how. Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Rowan, your turn. Okay. Uh, first attack roll. Uh, crit. <laughs> Shit. Oops. Uh, Roland's going to use his last third level. Uh, no, he actually, he's not a third level. He's going to use his last second level spell slot to do divine smite, making this first damage roll uh, 4d12 plus 6d8. <laughs> 65 damage on the first attack. <laughs> oh boy. Second attack, uh, 30. Gondor says to you, Theodora, when I said the price of freedom is death, I meant kill them, not die. I mean, you will leave Carceri, but it'll be your soul and you won't have any memories. You'll basically be useless to me if you die here. The second attack rolls a 30 uh, damage. It's too late, Gondor. Roland's going to use his second of his four first level spell slots to divine smite. That is 25 damage. And then he uses extra attack from haste. 24 and also use divine smite once more <laughs> Zoe, i think we did the right thing by picking the side with this guy on it so that's a total of 58 plus 65 uh 113 damage um how does dying work in dnd <laughs> <laughs> Did you just drop below zero? Uh, yeah, I dropped below zero. I had 69 hit points left, which I took a picture of so I could show you later. <laughs> nice, 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 nice. By the way, I'm, ta- I'm taking credit for a third of that damage just from the haste because I want to feel like I did something. <laughs> haste haste was so important because it allowed me to catch up to Dora here. But I'm, I'm just here like, I cheerleaded with music. I totally <laughs> helped. Actually, you did because you allowed me to save on a saving throw. So I wish I hadn't. Uh, blasted the stalker because I kind of really wanted to fuck one of you up at least one of you I mean yeah you definitely could have probably killed at least one person if the stalker if the stalker wouldn't have intervened but that's really on you for letting him live this long hey I'm dumb (laughs) (laughs) hey I'm dumb (laughs) there's no way for I can make this not lethal I'm swinging a giant buster sword enshrouded in light three times through her body in the air while angel like uh, feathery wings sprout off Roland's back. This is going to be fan art, you know, pandering uh, all the way. The, all I'm going to say is that the last slash is downward to 
knocked Dora straight down into the ground. Yeah, so you basically do the omni-slash to Dora while you're flying on your right. <laughs> ghostly griffin wings, and she plummets out of the sky and slams into the bars on the ground below, uh, dying but not dead. Uh, Zoe, you're still in the air on your dragonfly wings. Veltari, you're nearby. Mara and Stellarosa Legrand are holding down the fort. You guys aren't in danger of being overrun, mostly because Stellarosa is like a level 1,000 character. <laughs> a thousand and two. Let's be in. Mm. She's very yeah. strong. Um, but here's the thing, is that Theodora is dying. We can do some death rolls now for Theodora dying, or someone else can take action now. And if she doesn't die right now, in an hour, she will be able to roll hit dice to regain health. Mm. So if anybody has anything they want to do that takes an hour... I have something I would like to do that takes an hour before she dies, if we can do this. Because <laughs> I've been wanting to use this spell for God knows how long, and I am very excited about this. Um... I am going to start casting, oh, oh, I've been waiting for this, Planar Binding. Planar Binding. Because Dora's from the Feywild, she's a Fey. And I was so stupidly excited when I realized that Planar Binding would work on Dora. I'm I'm so ready. (laughs) All right, so describe this if you will. Uh, You guys have the petitioner situation handled. So in the middle of the cell, Theodora, you're splattered across the floor like a bug. Uh, breathing heavily, and Veltari starts jamming out Jimi Hendrix style over you. Picture like an entire like hour-long prog rock album. <laughs> you know, I'm taking you on an hour-long musical journey. <laughs> One thing I would like to do uh, is I would like Zoe to go over and basically take the Dragon Bone staff, mm. and uh, then Fatboy Slim will break her medallion. Uh, Ooh. So you, di- what's the word I'm looking for? So you corrode her. Disintegrate it. Gonador brooch. Yeah, just disintegrate her at honor. <laughs> Do you say, welcome to the dream theater, bitch? <laughs> As she starts playing prog rock. Uh, yeah, I'm just like, enjoy that math metal, shithead! And walk away. <laughs> oh, speaking of math metal, there's a joke about the Dillinger escape plan in here somewhere because you guys have to escape Carceri. Hold on. Uh, well, as as, you, as Zoe does that, Roland's going to lower himself down as the, the wings on his back slowly dissipate off and the light fades off from his sword. And Roland's going to look to Zoe and just say to her, I'm sorry I had to do that, but... I didn't feel like there was much choice we had at the time. Nah, I mean, it's okay. This was, I mean, it's kind of what she created for herself. <laughs> Is it really loud in here? <laughs> you're, you're, you're just fine, Zoe. You're just fine. Hey, Dora, I, I get doing what you, you know, felt you had to do for yourself, but you realize how many people you fucked over in your pursuit of this, like, you. I've been fucked over for how many years? Hundreds? Thousands? I don't even know anymore. (sighs) Everybody forgets about Dora. They always forgot about Dora. And I thought with you guys, it was gonna be different. But no. We forgot about you, huh? You never understood me. and You never tried to. Hey, I think if anyone here understood you, it was me. We both had a very similar quest in life. Go find cute people, get laid. Like, I I, I, I got that. <laughs> I tried to understand you and you threw me in a bag and bonked me on the head. 
Yeah. 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 That was a bad idea. That one was a mistake, but I stand by everything else I've done. <laughs> no, you got me there. That's fair. Even if it means killing Ganador. If Ganador dies, then I don't mind dying too. If that's what's happening, then fine. Ganador's not going to last forever anymore, and neither are you. That's that's just how this is, and that's a direct result of what you did. You took down the barrier that was holding guilt in place. You allowed death to arrive, and it's it's because of you that you and Gonador can't be together forever now. If the gods were so scared, why didn't they tell anyone? Why did they just lock something in place with no answers? Yeah, that's kind of bullshit on them, but also... You did know that something fucking scary was coming, and you, you, you still just, like, kind of went and let it in. Listen, I understand what you guys are trying to do, and I understand that I'm dying, it's great, whatever. But nothing you're gonna say is going to make me apologize for what I've done. Okay. Well, in that case, I'm gonna apologize. Because when this is done, I'm gonna have control of you, and... I'm sorry, because I don't relish this thought. Sure, there is a bit of me that's very excited about getting to finally use a spell I didn't get to use before and to be <laughs> useful, but I don't take any pleasure in this being how things end. Like, if I thought there was any opportunity of us talking to you and finding a solution that way, I would. I'm sorry that this is what this has come to. Do your worst. As you say that, you guys all notice, basically simultaneously, that all the petitioners have gone stone silent. Almost like a stone ocean here. <laughs> <laughs> Can Stella Rosa roll, uh, I don't know, if it would be an arcana check or something like that, related to like what partitioners in Carcerai would, like why they would maybe freeze like this? What would something related to the plane in particular that would create this kind of action sure you guys can roll religion if you want i'm dying so uh 13 so not not really great on roland's religion check 18 for stella rosa so 18 is pretty good you know that the petitioners of carceri were people in life who did evil selfish things but they were mostly mundane evil things betrayals backstabbing cheating lying they were they were definitely evil but they just basically took looking out for themselves to a, an extreme so you'd think that their fundamental nature in the afterlife would just be about their own concerns and the only thing you could think that they'd be concerned about is escaping so whatever has got the, all of their attention probably has to relate to escaping and then you see all of them in lockstep. Look up. What's up there? Yeah, want to look upwards? Yes. So you guys look through the bars of the ceiling, and above you is another cell, and above that's another cell, on into mm -hmm. presumably infinity or something approaching infinity within the, the Matryoshka doll of Carceri. But eventually, in the distance, you think there is some sort of sky, and you're maybe you're pondering that for the first time, when the sky rips open above you. And looking down on you is one gargantuan leviathan eye. Oh, I love him. 
Um, how long do we have to, like, buy for time until I have control of Dora? <laughs> you might want to start fretting faster, my friend, as you're doing your best uh, Ingwe mom steam <laughs> impression. <laughs> I, I'm just trying to think of, like, the fastest I can get through guitaring, and I'm, I'm now, like, what can, can I be getting through this at, like, some Dragon Force speed or something? <laughs> Uh, yes, so I definitely want everyone to picture Valtari starts dragon forcing over Theodora. Oh, they're terrible live, though. Oh, they are shit. Like, <laughs> I saw them once live, and they were completely, like, drunk and high and sloppy as fuck. That's all they do. They get drunk and play music. She, so Valtari's doing the equivalent of Dragon Force live, but good. I'm I'm doing not, I, I'm not playing, like, Dragon Force. I'm playing, like, those teenagers doing Dragon Force on Guitar Hero that are actually, like, keeping up to speed with everything. I think Dragon Force Live But Good is just Zach Wild. I saw him at Ozfest and he played with his fucking teeth. I swear to God. Okay. Some next level <laughs> shit. Zach Zach Wild's through the fire and the flames. You start doing that, and all around you guys, the bars of all the infinite cells start melting and flowing upward like liquid mercury the world around you is dissolving and getting sucked upward mm. uh as if gravity has been reversed and the petitioners all start floating and all of you and you, it all looks like you guys are being basically sucked up into ganador who has just ripped a hole mm. into carceri because as a god he has the authority to make a portal from the outside roland's gonna call out to mara what Call out to the triad and see if they'll answer it in this time of need. Fuck, I don't have my sheet open. Just roll a d100. That's all you need to do for divine intervention. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm glad Chris liked that. That was good. Just roll a d100. No big deal. I rolled an 86. Uh, it fails. Okay, so. So you guys are all basically being sucked into Gonador's pupil. Gonador's one big eye is so... Enormous. It basically is the new sky of an entire plane of reality. It's like it's. It hurts to look at. That's how large it is. And it's also, I don't know if crying is the right word, but blood is raining down on you as if the eye is weeping. As you all know, it is also dying. Mm -hmm. But in the middle of this, as if by like a UFO tractor beam, Theodore is getting sucked up, and it seems like that's what he's actually after. Everyone else is just going along for the ride as Veltari jams over top of her. Uh, I want to do a check with Stella Rosa. Do I believe I, I'm making the assumption now that if we just get sucked up into Ganador, we go to whatever realm he is and that's not a good thing, but I want to try to see if she can make a, any kind of guess as to whether the hole he's created would create any opportunity, even if it's like a split second in which to. Uh, there's a moment when we'd be out of Carcerai, but not yet have entered into Ganador's realm kind of thing. Good question. So uh, roll Arcana to know the magic of this. 17. Oh, that's, a, that's a D10 plus 10. You, you gotta, that's not a D20. 29. That's much better. Holy snacks. All right. So Stellarosa, with your genius brain, you know that once you cross over a certain liminal barrier, you will be in Ganador's realm and not Carcerai, and then teleportation magic will be viable. There is a possibility, like some kind of fast and furious stunt that you could try to like teleport everybody out just as you cross the barrier. Mm. But then Gonador would just take Theodora back, give her full health, start a new army, raise Ilium to the ground, 
kidnap. Like, it would all just start again. So, you can... Yes, you can use that knowledge to retreat now, if you want. It's an option on the table. Okay. It is an option on the table. So, as you guys are all getting sucked up into this eye, and all the, the metal bars around you are liquefying, and all the petitioners are flying up off their feet, uh, Veltari, you're jamming hard. You also see that the different water droplets that make up the stalker are getting sucked up and they kind of reform. And this, this, the stalker, this boy floats up next to Veltari and is like looking at you. It doesn't really have a face, but it's watching you do this. Look, I, I, I know that you want her dead, but right now I feel like if we can keep her alive, that's the best, like it, it might help us get out of this. And you also see all around you, there's these petitioners that are being sucked up with you. And, one of them, whose hands are tied by what seemed like a bunch of arteries, like just someone's veins, basically, <gasps> uh, their, their hands are bound and they float up next to you. And you're floating, Veltari. You're jamming with the stalker and this petitioner specifically. And this petitioner leans close to your ear as you're playing guitar and whispers something in your ear. What, what do they whisper in my ear? Take away. What she loves. Okay, I I'm now thinking how do we how do we kill Gonador here? <laughs> uh, and that petitioner gets sucked away, but as it does, uh, it makes eye contact with you, Theodora. Even though like it does have a bag over its head, but you feel it, like staring at you, and you hear it, it say something too, and it says, "To the ends of the earth." Do I have do I have enough strength to give it the middle finger? <laughs> you do. I do that. So m- my gut feeling right now on what I should be doing, like if I finish this this control of Dora quick enough. Out of character, I'm thinking if we were to try to fight a god right now, the gods are no longer mort- uh, immortal; they can die. Correct. So we have something capable of, of fighting a godlike being. True. And if you guys roll initiative against Gonador, he will take 14 actions to do 100 D100 plus 100 every round to everyone. So. Do we know if he knows I've got control of Dora? Can Dora just say, hey, they're trying to bind me? If you start saying that, the stalker f- flies over to you and literally jams itself down your throat, choking you out. Okay, then I won't do that. I mean, that's a pretty good image. It is. Okay, I mean, maybe he'll suck me up faster. (laughs) S-U-C-C, suck. So, Veltari, you're jamming as fast as you can, but it's going to be very close if you're going to make it. Uh, If only you could play faster. Uh, I could cast haste on Veltari. I still have a spell (laughs) slot left. Uh, Do you want to? I can't tell if that was Uh, the... Yeah, no, I mean, if we can... I, I don't know if it works that way but we could definitely make it work that way and i'm up for spending another wild magic roll yeah we're in role play bullet time all right so yeah i'm gonna cast uh, another uh third level spell slot then for haste on veltari and seven lucky number seven for a uh wild magic roll you always say lucky number whatever the number is and it so far has zero correlation lucky number seven Okay, uh, <laughs> number seven is uh, you gr- <laughs> You sprout gills. <laughs> uh. 
That's it? So you can breathe underwater, yeah. You don't think sprouting g- gills is miraculous? You're so jaded, Chris. I, I was expe- oh, the way it was phrased, I was like, you you sprout gills, you also have a magnificent beard, and you carry a trident around. You're now Aquaman. It was like you rolled a 1d7 on the Justice League table, and I, I landed <laughs> up on Aquaman. I didn't know. I feel like you're taking the wild magic for granted now. <laughs> We've had a whole season of it. There's been so much of it. I'm gonna fly around casting magic missile into the air. <laughs> Alright, so you give... Veltari haste as she's ripping through this. Uh, I'm just today is just the day Austin name drops as many guitarists as he possibly can. Um. <laughs> That's fine. This is like this is like my big moment. So just like give everyone every mental image of me being every guitarist. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. This is very much Veltari. Like Roland won the fight, and now Veltari wins the after fight. <laughs> um, so you just Jimmy Page your way through the end of this. And uh, just as you strike the last note, all of you are sucked up into Gonador's pupil. And you leave Carcerai behind as you find yourself in an endless ocean of blackness. You are in Gonador's realm. There is nothing in any direction. It is just endless, inky darkness. In every direction, there's not even a discernible up and down. (laughs) And in this room... Is the party, Theodora, who's being choked out on the floor by the stalker, and Lady Nim, covered in eyes. So, hmm, hey, hey, Nim. It's, I mean, it's Gonador. <sighs> uh, she turns and looks at you, and with a wave of her hand, she telekinetically rips the stalker out of Theodora's mouth, and there's a split second where you can issue a command to Theodora while Gonador is occupied with the stalker before Theodora blows your cover. I, I have a side suggestion that might be an idea. Go right ahead. I welcome it. Um, the command is reject Gonador. Ooh, that is a tempting one. Because uh... the message that you were given was take away what she loves. And, well... I use my, my one moment... And I say to Dora, kill what you love. Did you give me the staff? I hand her the staff. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Gonador atomizes the stalker. Doesn't just kill it uh, with laser beams out of all of his eyes that are all over Nim's body. Just, it leaves a hole in reality. He can do so much more damage than you, all of you can possibly comprehend. He could, he could kill 100 level 20 characters per turn. Uh, he reduces the stalker to nothingness. Less than nothingness. Non-existence. Man, these gods just have the worst like OC characters that are overpowered, man. <laughs> yeah, this this self-insert. Self-insert. <laughs> yeah, this, this Marty stew. Uh, I, I had a question. Mm-hmm. Do I, can I speak whatever I want, or am I like... You can't say anything, and I hope you do say something sad and poetic. You do still have to follow out Veltari's order, though. Ganny, kill me! What? They've got control over me, I can't stop. Please. Please, kill me. Okay, I just made a roll in the roll 20. <laughs> Does anybody want to describe what you're seeing? 
5,126. It's, it's a one, 100 D100 plus 100. Uh, plus one of those 100s is a, a crit, crit 100. <laughs> yeah, but he also rolled like a two and a five at one point, too. It's such so. a scrub roll, Austin. How dare you? I mean, that's like, yeah. f- really? 5,126? That's like, uh, about average. Gondor raises a hand and with a an eldritch blast of his own punches a hole right through Theodora's chest. Ah, uh, as I'm g- going down with a hole in my chest, um, I'm gonna point the staff at him, and I guess eldritch, eldritch spear him. And I'm gonna say, "I'm sorry, I love you," and then I die. Uh, and each of your eldritch blasts, so the three energy that shoot off of the staff erupt into full fiery dragons as you unleash all of the power of Bahamut, god of good dragons <laughs> that was stored inside the staff and these three fiery dragons rip through Ganador burning away the, f- the flesh he has chosen to inhabit in this moment and he is in- consumed by the fire of the most powerful dragon in the multiverse. And you guys are all in this darkness as Theodora dies and Gonador is immolated and is beginning to disintegrate before your very eyes, consumed in flame. And because this realm is Gonador's construction, the realm starts to disintegrate as well all around you. Is there any sign of Lady Nim? No. Her essence has been consumed utterly, and she, whatever was left of her, Gondor was using as a puppet. Okay, that's fine. I assumed as much, but I wanted to to check as this was fading. Um, this entire dimension is collapsing on top of you. As as it collapses, I just want to say, say as it collapses, I'm sorry, Dora. I'm sorry. I'm dead. Can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that for my benefit, not for yours. <laughs> Stella Rosa will kind of pull everyone together as well uh, and say that she uh, she has a spell to get them out of there before this this plane collapses in on them. Mm-hmm. Just like Lady Nim's office disappeared when she died, this place is going to cease to exist in mere moments. I assume we all grab onto Stella Rosa then. <laughs> Unless you want to cease to exist. Uh, yes, although Zoe has uh, has to spend a few moments to wipe a couple of tears from her eyes. Aww. I'm trying to give something sweet that doesn't have to have to shout anything out and break <laughs> tension. <laughs> yeah. Although I remember you! <laughs> uh, yeah, Roland puts an arm around Zoe in a supportive manner as he is you know, brought into the circle with everyone else. And we all do this while going over to the circle with Stella Rosa. Once everyone's together, uh, Stella Rosa will then cast Plane Shift and teleport everybody back to Ilium on the Prime Material Plane. All right. And so the party teleports back into the Field of Lilies outside of Ilium, where the Battle of Ilium has ended. And all your friends are dead. The end. (laughs) All of them. No. Uh, So the battle is over. Uh, A lot of people were lost. It was a hard fought battle. 
but you guys had some real big hitters on your side. Uh, and so the people of Ilium were victorious. Uh, as you guys scan the battlefield, you see that all of the vampires and zombies are dead or dying. And people are going around cleaning up, giving first aid. And you see among the dead are some blade singers, some bozogs, oh. some citizens you don't know the names of. Um, and only one major character who you know very well. Uh, you find the severed head of Wolf the Troll. Oh, Aww. no. Hey, y'all, can you give me a hand? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that to me, Austin. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> You you are so lucky they didn't use fire on you to finish you off. They dumb as fuck. <laughs> they actually couldn't have killed me. Technically, all they brought was swords. I could only kill by fire and acid. Yeah, that's, that's why I wasn't worried about you, Wolf. Where's the rest of your body anyway? It's over there. It's under all the guys I killed. <laughs> oh, Wolf, Wolf. I just, I collapse to the ground. I just give Wolf's head a hug. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, head hugs, victory, hero, good times. Uh you 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 were the hero, Wolf. You you were Wolf the hero. I killed like a million dudes before they cut my dang arms off. How, how many did you kick to death? I wanna hear I wanna hear the full story of this sometime. Alright, you go take me to the bar, buy my head a beer, I'll tell you all the story about it. I kicked ten men to death. Once they cut off his head, did he just start biting them? Hell yeah! Do, do you want me to take your head back to your body first, or do we just go straight to the bar? No, I think the body will grow back. It's fine. <laughs> I pick up Wolf's head, and I just start walking to the bar because I could use a drink. <laughs> uh, uh, Zoe is going to run off straight then towards Sylvia's place. Mm-hmm. Check on the non-combatants. Uh, check on them, but also to go to the room with all the mirror shards and to find the pieces of Warden Light's mirror that she now has the knowledge of where they're located. All right. So I like the image. Zoe bursts through the door. Big hug from Winifred, Penny, and Sylvia. And then you just run off to the glass room, start putting the mirror back together. Um, back in the battlefield, do Mara or Roland do anything? Veltara is off to the bar. Mara was going to go back to Avant-Garde headquarters and start binge eating jam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, very hungry. She's very stressed and she likes food. Before, Well, before she heads off to do that, Roland's going to stop her for a moment. First and foremost, Mara, I cannot thank you enough for being there. I mean, where else was I going to be? <laughs> you know, I got we got to stick together. We're like the only two left. And with what's happening to the gods, things are going to have to change. Yeah, I... I Good thing you guys have that extra room, because I don't, I don't think I'm going back to the temple. It doesn't seem very, uh, yeah. Well, there's a, few, there's a few ideas I have for what needs to be done next, but I have to make sure that she's all right. They're saying this as Zoe is running off, and then Roland is going to follow Zoe over to Sylvia's as well. Okay. I'm going to go get my feelings. <laughs> All right. So I think that's actually a good point to transition into like a 
one year later or something. Do we want to start with like the, I guess the secondary NPC slash PCs that came about first and save the uh, main characters for last? What did Mara Sladen do after the Battle of Ilium? So, Mara decided not to go back to the Ninsen Chapel mm-hmm. for reasons. Okay. She spent a lot of time, like, crying in her room because, like, the gods died and eating a lot of feelings. I've tried to establish that Mara really likes food. I hope that came through. She really likes food. My, in my mind. What happens is she gets really close with Winifred because mm-hmm. he doesn't like her bad vibes. He wants to give her good vibes. And also he makes jam. So he keeps force feeding her jam. So <laughs> so he's an enabler. Yes, he's an enabler. So Mara, feeling useless, other than you know, she heals and stuff, has decided to open a like a patisserie, like a patisserie with, <laughs> with Winifred. <laughs> Okay, I said, what does Mara do after the war? That is, what is Lord's career plan? <laughs> well, I was like, it's like half free clinic, half food. <laughs> okay, once again, it very much feels like, hey, Lauren, what would you do if you had three genie wishes? <laughs> <laughs> hey. Sorry to put you on blast. Every character is a little bit of me. Yeah. All right, so you open up a bakery and you want to help people in the community, kind of taking your... A desire to do good in a more secular direction. Yeah, since... In a, in a hungrier direction. In a hungrier direction. And, like, because I own a bakery, I don't really need to pay for food. And I have a room at the avant-garde headquarters, so why not open a free, like, little hospital to help people who can't, like, afford to get healthcare elsewhere? Oh, so you stay in Ilium? Yeah, I stay in Ilium. Nice. Yeah, free bedroom. <laughs> cool. It's a little moldy, but hey. Free crabs. Yeah, every now and then I feel like a crab like crawls out of somewhere. All right. Uh, so next up, what does Mardis Valamin do after the Battle of Ilium? I like to imagine that he was instrumental in kind of finishing up the big fight. I like to think, here's my headcanon, is that the charred skeleton of Theodore, after being blasted away by Stellarosa's light beam, kind of became like the most deadly thing after it got back up and they had a cool showdown. Mm-hmm. Very likely. Um so Mardis's uh, actions are pretty uh, straightforward. The first thing is once he's sort of appraised of the situation, he takes grace and light and offers to introduce them to basically the rest of the family. And so with Sildiel and the other blade singers, uh, at least for the period of time, uh, they head into the Feywild where... Mardis introduces Warden Light and Grace to his father, his mother, the rest of the family, and it allows time for him to catch up, to sort of relay what has happened, and sort of 
make a connection back with his family after being separated from his perspective for 50 years. Uh, after which, chances are, Grace and Light would depart to do not necessarily their own thing, but sort of spend their time together uh, for the rest of Light's life. And Martis probably spends a little bit of time in the Feywild for, you know, not a terribly long time at all, maybe even meeting with some of his classmates from the the plane shifter uh, school before before he decides that what they need to do is they need to understand the nature of these forms interacting across these planes and proposes to start an expedition across the outer planes to see what the interactions are with these different forms to better understand what they are and to better prepare for them since as the gods pass away, there's going to be no one that will be able to preemptively know what's going on. And in essence, what Martis might end up doing is what Elias's father did in season two in the construction of the wheels and wheels sort of mythos. Yeah. And this is a good time to kind of point out that the going forward in Dice Funk's history uh, the forms will be common knowledge. It's impossible to cover this up at this point. Sure. Everyone who knew about them in season one and two died. <laughs> so it was a secret still. Mm-hmm. But now the gods die. There will be a lot of political turmoil, some of which we'll explore in future seasons. And then it just, in a way, the forms kind of replace the gods, but in a less personified state. And we'll we'll explore that as, you know, the universe evolves. Martis sort of in a mix of, st- of still having a bit of wanderlust and interest in making sure what's happening is understood properly, sort of spearheads an expedition to properly understand the outer planes, the, re- the inner planes, and the relationship with these forms, and probably pens the equivalent of Wheels Within Wheels. So what did Stellarosa Legrand do after the Battle of Ilium? Uh, Stella Rosa continued her quest from country to country. Rumors say that she fell in love with her own mortal enemy. <laughs> did you write that beforehand, or did you read that? Uh, no, that's that's Bartray's ending for Fire from Emblem? Fire Emblem 7. <laughs> it sounded exactly like a Fire Emblem ending, because it was like two sentences. <laughs> I was like, what's the most random Fire Emblem ending out there? And I was like, I know there's someone who just like gave up fighting to open up a bakery or something, but... Hey. Uh, <laughs> hey, No. For them, it makes for 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 uh, Mar, it makes sense for Lowen or whoever it was. It probably didn't. Uh, no, for Stellarosa, uh, she leaves Ilium almost immediately after that because she has to go back to her duties. And I think the main thing she begins work on is uh, acting as part of a sort of a council that is pulling together uh, significant religious leaders or people of deep kind of religious significance to start to find what will be the solution to what people do now in a world that the gods are dead uh, as a way to kind of help to subvert what will possibly be like mass outrage and panic as people are wondering like, what do I do now that my God is dead? Uh, Things of that nature uh, in an effort to kind of coordinate that. And uh, I think that council is set up in the the heart of Akamoros now as a, a way to kind of help that place in particular now try to get some kind of stabilization all right so what does veltari do after the battle of ilium i think at least initially veltari's a little bit just 
not quite sure what to do because I think up until Ilium, like before Ilium and everything during that, she had like very clear goals of what to do, who to follow, how to how to get by, and I think um, the the sort of last scene we had of her was going off to the bar with Wolf, and I like to think that for a while Veltari just chills with Wolf. Are you a fellow zookeeper? I I don't know if I'm necessarily a zookeeper, but like I think I think I hang out with the zoo of animals, uh, particularly the army of Bozogs who fought very well for Veltari, and I I feel like she feels like she she owes a a debt uh, of sorts to the Bozogs to at least be like yeah I'll 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 keep an eye on you guys. Um, the Bozogs as a new kind of entity in the world are at a very impressionable stage and Veltari makes an indelible mark on their culture. Yeah, the the the, the Bozogs like chill with with me and uh, with with Veltari and Wolf for a bit and basically like we teach them that the two most important things are like have fun and rock music. <laughs> like that's 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 what those are the things that we're t- like be nice have fun. Rock music's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I just realized the power of rock saved the day. <laughs> <laughs> so, Veltari, like, I think, just sticks with Wolf for a while, not really knowing what else to do. Like, she writes some music, for sure, based on on everything that happened in Ilium, because, my God, there was some really good uh, inspirational <laughs> imagery for rock music, but... Yeah, I think she just kind of... It, she doesn't rush to, to get on with anything. Like, I think a year on, she's still just a bit... Sticking around the person that she... She she felt was worth sticking around with and just seeing where life, life goes. And obviously, like, I'm talking for a character that's not Veltari that I didn't write here, but, like, I like to think that Wolf was, at the very least okay with Veltari just being around and helping out a bit. Yeah, I like that a lot. You and Wolf went through a lot and you did a lot of work on that that relationship. I also like to think, uh, if I can complicate the scene a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, the image of you like sitting in the bar, drinking, having fun, and someone sits down at the table across from you and says, so let me get this straight. You killed an entire army of vampires out of a personal grudge and just so happened to stop a wave of tyranny that was going to sweep across the continents. Like, saving the world was a side effect of you getting back at a guy. Pretty much. Like, you know, I I did tell you the whole thing was like, I I, I, I was going to, this, this barrier wasn't going to be around for more than a couple of months after I showed up. And I like stuff that is, you know... Big, big, badass spectacle, you know? It's just what I do. <laughs> I should have trusted you, <laughs> Carrie says. Uh, I, I can't blame you for not doing so. I, not gonna lie, did not expect you to come back here. What, what, <laughs> what brings you back? Uh, I heard you killed like a hundred dudes and saved the world or something. And I thought, yeah, <laughs> I could hit that again. <laughs> Uh, I th- I think I think you missed out on like the big thing I did. I I I I I killed a god. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Sure you did. All right. Yeah, I killed a god. Killed the big eyeball god. 
<laughs> I think you have an impressive enough story without the bardish, <laughs> a bardic flourish. Hey, hey, hey! If when you hear the the album I've been writing about killing a god, like you know, the the pa- the sincerity will show through. That like you can't just make up this kind of music about killing a god. Oh God! What's the name of your rock opera? Uh, the the rock opera is called um the longest blink. How I killed a god. <laughs> I'm workshopping the name of it. Alright, so you just spent the night drinking with Carrie. Do you guys get back together, whether casually or more seriously? I... I think, at least at first, it's fairly casual. I think that there is a certain amount of Veltari that's like, yeah, I know I told her not to wait around for me, but also, like, she just wasn't going to come back and was a bit settled into that but i think over time i think that it becomes a bit more serious and they definitely do stick together for a while she is not immortal anymore so her priorities probably change over time yeah that's that's one relationship barrier down is like oh hey life is not eternal anymore i guess i guess connections aren't the worst thing in the world all right so what does zoe legrand do after the Battle of Ilium? Uh, well, no one knew the old her, and no one knew what became of her. She vanished as though she never existed. <laughs> Hold on. Carol. No. Fuck. Uh, equally as irrelevant of a character in Fire Emblem 7, though, Renault. Ah, I love you're pulling from 7, because that I'm still salty about they, they changed Lindis's ending to remove one of the, the implications that she she ends up with a woman. What? That's a shame. In the English localization, she's not gay, which is lame. That is a bummer. Anyway. Renault was lame, though. Anyway, um, so now Zoe uh, helps to, you know, kind of put that mirror back as the immediate thing she gets on. And then she transitions as best she can back to being the mayor of Ilium. And that's that's where her primary focus is for at least that immediate year following. You know, she has a lot of work to do to try to rebuild Ilium after... That attack, you know, she has to see to it that the the blade singers, the bozogs, those who lost their lives there, are properly uh, remembered. Uh, there's a, a now a cemetery in Ilium, and there's a specific grave that she she makes uh, to Dora as well. Aww. Uh, it's it's not one that's like kind of given all the attention of all the others, but uh, Zoe makes sure that it's it's among them as well. And that's her focus is just on trying to help the town as much as she can. She still has her wild magic, which still gives uh, unfortunate consequences of them. Who knows if she looks the same or acts the same as she used to, (laughs) because she could be now a jack in the box for all I know. (laughs) But uh, her focus for right now is to try to continue to help Ilium, at least uh, in these early years as it starts up. But if you allow me to complicate zoe's epilogue a little bit uh a scene i would like to paint for you is zoe uh goes on a little journey to return reginald the shark to the ocean okay and going along with that on that journey is probably claire elise legrand uh warden light and grace rosemary uh, something you kind of promised Reginald was you'd help him out. And I just wanted to give some of these other characters maybe a last line or two uh, as you guys go to the 
beach of Agarthen. Uh, and you guys, with a, a big glass tank, you roll across the beach on like a trolley and you put the shark back in the ocean where he actually wants to be. Um, and you guys kind of wave to him as he swims off and you can you can hear in like your animal uh, spell thing. He's just like, meat, meat, yeah, gonna go get in food, yeah, gonna go mate, gonna have baby sharks, gonna eat a seal, hell yeah. <laughs> I hope he's gonna be happy. So he will say as she like wipes a tear away. <laughs> Grace says, oh, I'm really worried about the seals. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. Also, I guess maybe we should put like a sign up here for no swimming <laughs> like, for at least a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you see Claire is just running up and down the beach shouting, I killed a hundred zombies. Hey, everybody. Want to hear about the time I did a really cool thing? I was flying and I shot fireballs. <laughs> That was like a year ago. I wish she'd get over that. <laughs> it's, listen, for someone who is literally made out of jealousy, she's gotten over a lot of it, but she definitely wants everyone to be impressed by that. Uh, so she's running around kicking sand on people who aren't impressed. <laughs> Hashtag relatable. Yeah. Uh, Warden Light looks over to you, Zoe, and says, thank you for everything, Sister Legrand. I could never pay you back in a thousand lifetimes. Hey, it's not about paying back, right? It's what we do in Ilium. We help each other out. I suppose that's true now. I hadn't really considered that during my tenure, but hopefully you will fit the role of leader better than I ever could. Ah, don't be hard on yourself. This is, uh, well, I don't want to call it new Ilium. I kind of want to call it Neo-Ilium, but that <laughs> sounds kind of super dorky. So I think we'll just call it Ilium. Plus, we already made a bunch of business cards. So, you know, don't want to change those costs. <laughs> what about what about you is this uh do you do you have plans are you gonna stay around ilium uh i would like to spend what time i have left uh seeing the world with my daughter giving her all of the experiences that i couldn't when i was bound by duty uh i don't know how much time i have but i'm gonna use every moment of it to make up for what i took being what was it that Claire said? A stubborn ass, I believe. Yeah, she has a lot of choice names for a lot of people. But um, hey, you know, see as much of the world as you want and just know that you two always have a home back in Ilium to return to. Thank you, Mayor Legrand. Sister Mayor Legrand. I don't You got to stop getting titles, kid. <laughs> Excuse me. It's McQuare Legrand. All right. Respect the misspelled title. <laughs> You do make the rules now, so I will respect them. Uh, he kind of ruffles your hair and uh, walks off to just... He's an angel on the beach. <laughs> he's just kind of just <laughs> checking stuff out. He feels a little out of place. I like to think he has like the very like obvious like sunscreen on the nose thing, though, <laughs> that like dads have. Absolutely, yes. I think at some point, Claire tries to do the thing where she makes one of her cloaker clones like kneel down behind you and she tries to push you back so you trip over it but then she forgets it's illusory so you just gotta take two steps backwards through it and <laughs> she's all disappointed she's like man I didn't think that went through at all <laughs> better luck next time kiddo <laughs> maybe next time you'll get it baby sister I'm not a baby <laughs> alright so what does Roland Hawklight do after the Battle of Ilium? A few things. Uh, first and foremost, um, he will spend some period of time in Ilium 
devising a way of assisting those who are still trapped in the mirrors in some capacity, offering them comfort, spending time, and aiding in them exiting the mirrors as well as they be, as they get sort of uh, reassembled over time. He also more likely than not assisted or accompanied Stella Rosell Grand when it came to convening with the uh, the various religious uh, leaders, and during which he sort of drafted up a sort of a charter or at least a message to be distributed amongst the various uh, parishioners all over. Um, I actually have it written up here to read over. It is clear that the incident that has shattered our relationship and understanding with the gods is one we cannot turn back on. Some view this as a cause for panic, others a source of outrage. However, the reality is that the passing of death is one that we all have to deal with and work through together. No longer can we rely on the gods to imbue us with ability. No longer can we look to the gods for answers. No longer are we beholden to their specific ideologies and commands. No longer is there any reason to wage war in their name. However, we can still look to their ideals as guides to lead us forward with confidence, perseverance, and hope. The important thing here is that the burden is on us to be the arbiter of those things. We are now the ones that control our destinies. We are now the ones that shepherd this world. We are now the ones that lift each other up when we fall short. It may not be easy, and it is likely we will fail to be the best we can be, repeatedly. But, because we have life and we have our mortality, we have no choice but to adapt and carry on as well as we can. It is said that as the gods were confronted by death, they could only say the price of freedom is death. While that might have been their fate and their perspective, we must remember that as the terror cars of divination are dealt, death is not the end. Death may have been the end of the gods, but for us, death must represent change. Those with immortality grew complacent and unable to adapt. We must be better. For some, the price of freedom was death. For those of us that remain, the prize of freedom is change. Let us not waste this opportunity. After that Roland is more likely than not spend the rest of his time traveling just across the lands on Trinity, acting sort of as a lone remaining paladin, spreading teachings, answering questions, offering comfort, offering direction. And if I may complicate Roland's final scene a little bit, sure. Uh, Some time before you become the wandering Ronin yeah. and w- walk the earth doing good. Uh, there is a party at Sylvia Bell's house, and everyone in Ilium is invited. It's a big shindig to celebrate the final mirror being reconstructed. When Roland shows up at the party at uh, Sylvia's, he's he's armored up. He has all of his equipment ready. He is ready to basically leave and begin his sort of wandering quest after his time is done at the party, because... He feels like everything that he's needed to do for Ilium is accomplished. And in part, the prom- sort of the promise he kind of gave to Light about the tacit promise he gave to Light about dealing with the people in the mirrors has sort of been accomplished as well. 
I think as soon as Valtari like recognizes that like Roland is probably going after this, uh, I think she wants to just pull him pull him aside for a minute and just just chat to him uh, and just say something like, "Look, b- before you go, I I just want to say thank you. I I don't really know what I'm gonna do now." Besides, like, hang out with Carrie and Wolf, because, you know, Carrie and Wolf, they're, they're pretty great. I might, I might just, I might just stick around with them for a bit. They seem good, but before I met you, I was stuck in a cycle of doing the wrong things to survive and not caring what I had to do to do that, and meeting you has made me into someone that I'm at the very least not ashamed to be. And I need to thank you for that, because you... I know this is really dragging down the party vibe, isn't it? It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'll, I'll have a drink in a minute and everything will be fine, but just... Thank you for taking a chance on me, Roland. It was the least I could do, Veltari. None of what has happened in this past year would have been possible without you. You know what keeps sticking in my head? I keep thinking about the fact that had you not stepped in, I could so easily have ended up where Dora was. And I I know we've not really talked much about it since since we did what we did, but I do feel bad, because honestly, all she wanted was support. And I know what it's like to be in a position where you do things that you don't feel proud of because you think it's the way to keep people around or it's the way to not get abandoned and I could so easily have ended up where she was and I think you're a big part of why I you know didn't end up there so thanks (laughs) so everybody's there and everyone's mingling in the party and having fun uh, when Alice Hawthorne comes out of the glass room and greets you guys. Everyone's there. Veltari's there. Zoe's there. Mara's there. And Alice comes out of the glass room and says, Hello, friends. Who is that? Uh, I want to give her a big hug. <laughs> uh, Alice hugs Zoe especially vigorously. They have, they grew close, and uh, she is overjoyed to see you. And she says, How are you, child? Uh, I'm great. I'm the bequeer now. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Is it the wings? Uh, well, no, those are cool too. That means I'm a dragonfly. Hey, Alice is out the mirror. Does anyone else come out of that mirror? Uh, as you say that, there are footsteps, and you hear a door open and a door close, and strolling into the room is the body, at least, of Bumbershoot Von Victrola. It's party time, my cheeky little sausages. Ah, a vampire! I want to attack it with three Eldritch Blasts. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh. to me.
Hello, Lauren. Hi. Alright, so do you want to thank people? It's the finale, so I brought you on here so you could help me butcher these names. I feel like I'll be better at pronouncing them than you. <laughs> Shots fired? Okay. <laughs> then I'll fuck them all up. Do you want to start? I mean, first I want to shout out Leon Thomas, Renegade Cut on YouTube. Everyone should be following him on his Patreon and everything. He provided me with a good joke this episode but he's never coming back he wants everyone to be very clear about this please respect his wishes to never ever have to be on the show again did y'all see his big fluffy beanie yes (laughs) cool credits off to a great start let's talk about leon's social media he's very bald (laughs) he has a great hat though he does it's very good uh also music of course overclocked remix shout out to all of that we got vampire spanker an arrangement of vampire killer from castlevania we have acoustic jam at the lucifer alpha an arrangement of biohazard from snatcher we have mystic chemicals an arrangement of mystic cave zone and chemical plant zone from sonic the hedgehog 2 we have simply begrooved an arrangement of simple and clean from kingdom hearts and destiny forgotten an arrangement of simple and clean from kingdom hearts did i do that in record time yes i did I'm proud of you. You knew them all. 
<laughs> I'm not sure. I might throw in the jazz track from the Skeleton Party in the finale. And if I'm going to use these credits next week also, thank you for In the Beginning There Was Jazz, an arrangement of Beginning from Castlevania. We've got a lot of play on Castlevania. I feel like people didn't quite get the vampire thing I was going for, but that's fine. I mean, I got it. And that's what really counts. Yeah. <laughs> this is an entirely an elab- this entire show is an elaborate ploy for me to entertain you personally. Good job. It kind of worked. Okay, so <laughs> executive producers for December 2017, the final month of this hell year. Lauren, why don't you start trying to pronounce these names? I'm excited. Okay. Joseph Tumbrello. Hi. Kirsten Haslinger. Nope, Kerstein. Kerstein. Oh, I should know that. I know that. We know her. I know her. No, she helped me pay my rent. Thank you. Yeah, Kerstein is very good. Yeah, and Jade, who also helped me pay my rent. Thank you, guys. Extraordinarily horny. (laughs) (laughs) That too. Everyone's going to get a personalized (laughs) one this month. (laughs) All right, next one. Brent. That one's, I got that one. They're good dogs. Yes, they are good dogs, Brent. Mm-hmm. The cult of Gorfanax. Not good dogs. <laughs> Gorfanax is not good dogs, no. <laughs> oh, this one's really good. Dr. Goatman. <laughs> I think I said Goatman, but Goatman's probably good, too. This is We're going to be here for two weeks at this rate. <laughs> okay, Irving T. Royale. Andrew Grothen? Grothen? Who knows? I don't know. Paul Mullen? Levi the Young. Great artist. Yes, big fan. Kevin Dobbins, Anthony Savor. I say Savier, but... Oh, my God. You would. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) This is confrontational. I thought this would be fun. (laughs) No, it is fun. I'm just ribbing on you. Mm -hmm. Jason. Voorhees. No. (laughs) Too scary. (laughs) Too spooky. (laughs) Ken Furstel? E... Oh, God. Nonante sees P... I don't know. I, this is new for this month. Thank you for your patronage. Yeah, thank you. I'm gonna, I'm excited to every time I get a new name, I'm like, I'm going to get a message about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Scott Cummings. You know. Andrew McKitty. You don't know. Jewman Jack. Mm-hmm. Oh, Gwillem Evans. I think that's a Dark Souls character. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a joke. Oh, I didn't get that joke. It's okay. Mel Meal? Mel? I'm so sorry, Mel. Could be Melly. Melly? Teach? Teach? I'm so sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I've been doing this for like two and a half years. All right. George Soros. (laughs) That's an extraordinary (laughs) joke. Arjan de Koenig. Koenig? No one could say. Grimlock. From Cybertron. John Potts. <laughs> We're still not even halfway. We're not even halfway. Oh, there's so many. Okay. <clears throat> Dawson Parr. Noah Cedret. Zephosaurus. Uh, a big favorite of mine. Just, I really like this name a lot. Elderly Goose. Yeah. Salad Child. Sarah Stone. Thorsten Gross. Devin Smith. I'm just going to keep going. Yeah. I, I, I realized at that rate we were never going to finish, so I'm being quiet now. Okay. Caster UK. Aki, oh. Mm. Aki Savolainen. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that's close. I say Savolainen. Okay. The Paladin's Wife. Florian H. Charm Wilk? Wilkie? I say Wilkie, but... 
Wilkie? Yeah, that's that E on the end. Yeah. Junk 2.0. <laughs> okay. Enthusiasm. The Hadsells. Dominic Bowden. Melissa Nielsen. Don. Hi, Don. <laughs> Eugene T. Hi, Eugene. Connor Reynolds. Pruitt Holcomb. Hi. <laughs> Do you think the people who you don't say hi to personally now feel left out? I hope not, because sometimes their like usernames are different from their real names, and so I don't know which like who they are. They could be somebody I know, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's always the, that's always the fear. Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in Bristol. Yeah, they kick people over there. Good. <laughs> Got him. Suave. Or the fifth. Oh, that too. I say I think I say V, but you never know. Tashanus. <laughs> You said that was such a serious trepidation. I think shyness. Shyness. Dennis Pancake Detlefsen. Ripdoor Stormwolf. Miko from Finland. Know where he's from. <laughs> we doxed him. <laughs> Dennis Bengston. Josh Moger. I think I say Mosier. Mosier. You could be right, though. Indigo Vandane. Or Vandane. Vandane sounds fun, though. It does sound fun. Allison Ansel. Sydney Marsing, just the jester. Savarden, oh, the last one. Hi, Savarden. I know you, but I don't know how to say your last name. Akrosimova? I mean, what's the worst that could happen if you messed it up? You just lose their respect forever. No, I'm sorry. Brady Warner, Kitty Foe, James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Alana Seawolf, Toby Gleason Stack, Ruby Opfer, Matthew Weber. Also, there's like too many people I recognize now, so I'm <laughs> just everyone hi. Now it's just like I'm just scrolling through Twitter now. Yeah. Oh, where did I stop off at? Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Jerry Sayon. I could be. I say Gary Sayon, but Gary is a real name too. Yeah. Uh, Anna Stolfarer, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Harrison Andrew. Kevin Sizid, Sizidlo? Sidlo? I say Sidlo. Sidlo. Christoph Charlow? Charlow? It's Christopher. I don't know why they are cut off there on the, uh, the version well, you hi, have. Hi, Christopher. You're not just Christoph. You could be, though. That's pretty. It's a pretty baller name. Yeah, Christoph Waltz. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he's good. Jorrit. Viger Arnstein. Cody Jackson. August Rue. <laughs> <laughs> August Rue. I don't know, is it Augusta? Could be August, could be August. <laughs> could be Augustus Gloop. I'm thinking about chocolate now. Yeah, very hungry. I'm so hungry. <laughs> X Dolores, Luke Powers, Hedron Master. Is that a Magic the Gathering reference? Because Hedrons are like the big three-dimensional diamond things on Zendikar. I would not know. I was really counting on you to come through. <laughs> you know who doesn't know? It's me. <laughs> uh, Michael Hall, Athos, Ingemar Grimm. Grimaun? Grimaun? So, you did it. Oh my god, I did it. I'm sorry I ruined everybody's names. I'm so sorry. No, it's exciting. It only took 10 minutes, so that's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Is there anything else you want to say to the people for the end of the season? Like, it was pretty exciting that we got to do it, and it's only because of all the people whose names you just said, because your computer broke and my computer broke. Also, like, people have, like, sent me money on PayPal to help me, like, pay my rent. And that's, like, really fucking cool. And, like, you guys don't have to do that. And I really appreciate it. So, like, I don't know how to get in contact with you guys because PayPal doesn't, like, give me your info. But, like, thank you, everyone. 
I'm sure we'll be promoting ourselves at the beginning of the next season as we do every time we start a whole new adventure. Yes. But this is also a good opportune moment to just remind everyone that it's an incredible privilege to be able to do this at all and that everyone enjoys it is super awesome. Uh, I'm sure everyone else involved in the show would agree if they were here, they have important things to do, but you can always find Chris at uh, Weekly Manga Recap, patreon.com slash Weekly Manga Recap. Who else is on our show? Laura K. Buzz, everywhere. Can't forget. Can't forget. She's on kotaku.co.uk, which is different from the regular Kotaku. It's it's very British. I would hope so. Who else is on our thing? Sketch? He does music. Yeah. He's a fancy boy. Fancy lad. Very fancy. And then there's you, and then there's me. Yeah, I think that's everybody. Yeah, so hit up our socials and everything. Patreon.com slash Austin Yorsky is how you make sure the show continues and that Lauren and I aren't homeless. Thanks. <laughs> I just, it's real nice not being homeless. It's very nice. And it's just like... Very good. It's everything. Also, we got you headphones. We got Jess a mic in season one. Uh, I got me a mic. You got a mic. Uh, Leon got headphones. All that stuff, you know? Yeah, like, I can't believe y'all want to, like, listen to my dumb ass. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very flattering. I think um, I think that's all this stuff. I mean, you should subscribe on, like, iTunes and Podbean, Google Play, and all that stuff I say every week. Now I have someone here to bounce it off of, so I don't feel like such a shill. Just be like, please subscribe and comment and rate. You should do all those things because do them. then when other people find the show, they see it has a bunch of those things, and they're like, well, these people clearly have already conned some people into listening <laughs> they know what they're doing maybe yeah and also al- algorithms are involved somehow i don't know how no one does but someone does someone does so you should do all those things this is the first time i've ever done like an experimental two-person outro i hope it wasn't too terrible to listen to but i thought i had company this time yeah like i'm sorry guys it's me here i am so season four is gonna be exciting yeah it's gonna be me, it's going to be Meowvalis. <laughs>